and uh, just comes kind of from the heart and from the cuff this morning. I, I only have five pages of notes, so uh, hopefully I'll have something to say or find something to say in this. You know, I was, uh, over the past uh, couple months, it's been interesting. I've, I've had a, cu- a couple of promises break, broken. You know, I, I don't know if you've ever had that happen with you or not, but men to men, you know, uh, promises made, and then boom, all of a sudden something comes up, something happens, I uh, can't make it, I was going to make it there, or I was going to uh, talk to you about this, or uh, we were going to do this together, whatever it may be, you know, uh, especially in the family matters, and especially me being a pastor, I get phone calls a lot that say, hey, uh, can you come help, yeah, I'll be there tomorrow, uh, you block two hours off to go up there and help or talk to somebody or try to, to work with their family or their family crisis, and, and they're not even there. <laughs> and I've had that happen the, the past couple of months, and I thought, you know, we really need to, uh, to be men of our word. It's, it's an important thing. If we're going to talk about brave hearts and we're going to talk about uh, being men, then we, we need to talk about men of our word. Now, things come up. Sometimes uh, we forget uh, to call the pastor back and say, hey, I don't need you. <laughs> or sometimes I, I, uh, I, even me, I'll call the hospital and find out someone's there and say, hey, I'll be by this afternoon. And then I have to wind up calling them back and say, hey, it's going to be tomorrow before I can get there because something else has come up or my appointments didn't happen as quickly as I thought they, they would. Or I didn't know the kids. This is the biggest one. I didn't know the kids had something tonight because they have something every night. I should know that. So uh, Jesus says this. He said, let your yes be yes and your no be no. And that's a tough thing really for us to live by is to let our yes be yes and our no be no. And so as we jump in there this morning, I want to talk about, you know, just the power of God really working in the hearts of men. And he really works in the hearts of men when our character carries us further than our words. Meaning that our character, it's essential that we keep our character and it's essential that we keep our word. Both of those two things go together. But keeping our character does have to deal with keeping our word. However, Listen to me. It's okay if you can't make an appointment. It's okay if you can't get there. It's okay even if occasionally you forget. That doesn't necessarily subject your character. But I will tell you this. The more you do that, the more I do that, the less character I carry. And so Jesus is trying to tell us here to let your yes be yes and your no be no for the simple reason that men of God want to hold and keep their character. It's what you do. It's what I do. It's uh, it used to be that a bond happened how? Covenant. Yeah, there used to be a blood covenant, right? The, the Indians, we have a picture of my, like my great-great-grandfather. My papa's grandfather. My papa was my grandpa. And he's a baby in the picture. And I don't know, they're trading for something. I think it might be peyote. Uh, but there's these, there's these pictures, it's a picture, and, and they're all, of course, standing in front of the camera, and they're all angry, they're all mad, and the chief has his little feather thing on, and uh, it's really a pretty cool old picture, but uh, I, I've tried to find out the history of this picture, and my papa is actually in the picture. Like I said, he's a baby in the picture, but uh, they've made a trade of some kind, and the, the chief, come to find out, really wanted to become a blood brother with this, uh, these pioneers. So it's an interesting picture, uh, but the way we do it today in time, normally it's a handshake. 
I mean, normally a handshake's supposed to mean something. Hey, I'll do it for this much. I'll do it at this cost. I'll do it for this reason. I'll do it on this day. That usually comes from a handshake. Um, but we've even got away from handshakes today just to a place of word of mouth. Hey, I'll be there if I can get there. Now, that's probably telling the truth in most cases. But a promise kept goes so far. A promise kept goes beyond just you and who you are. It also helps the other person involved in the promise to learn to be a person of their word as well. So, um, so here we go. Life is full of promises. It promises that are kept and promises that are broken. Uh, you know, my grandmother years ago, she used to do this. I, <laughs> she was funny. She used to tell these stories. And they were unbelievable stories. And when I got a little older, I started going, man, that's kind of unbelievable. And this is what she'd tell me. She said, no, no, it's not a lie. My fingers were crossed. Behind my back, it's a white lie. And white lies are all right. I guess black lies are not. I didn't ask her. But white lies were okay. We used to say something like this. I crossed my heart, hope to die, stick a needle in my eye. That used to be a promise. Any of y'all ever say that? You ever think about the words there? Stick a needle in your eye. I mean, that's kind of brutal, right? Um, we do this when, when we're married. For rich or for poor, in sickness and in health, forsaking all others as long as we both still live. This is my solemn what? Vow. This is my solemn vow. Uh, we, we do it with our children. Last night at the, at the dinner table, um, the kids were trying to figure out whose day is next for daddy's day. And so uh, Wade was like, well, Dad, you took me back in January, so in February you should have taken Bethany, so in March you should have taken Emma. And the, he's trying to figure it all out. Everybody's trying to figure it out. Figure it out. Come to find out, <coughs> I missed a couple of daddy days. That's what happened. And that's my promise to the kids, right? It can happen there. Well, here's the thing. We've seen this throughout times in our lives. We've seen it not only in... Uh, in the church, but we mainly see it outside of the church. Uh, it's, it's amazing to me. I know that uh, it's a very common thing now if you're a Christian businessman to have the fish as your symbol. Well, I wouldn't do that. I'm just going to tell you because I'd probably let somebody down. I'm just, I'm just being honest, okay? Uh, if, if I were a realtor, made an appointment, and they couldn't make the point, I don't know. So, uh, but it's a popular thing today. And we've got to, if we're going to represent that, we've got to represent it to its fullest. And, and I want to do that. I'm just saying I would be careful. Our politicians today, um, are they really what's best for America or looking out for what's best for America? Do they say things that they're wanting to do? Do they say things that just appeal to us so that we'll vote for them? What's most important? And I'm, like I say, I'm not really at, I mean, you can back this up. I remember back in the 90s, the big thing was read my lips, no new taxes. Any of you remember that one? Maybe you remember this. Uh, I did not have sex with that woman. Remember that one? I think he may have been lying. I'm just saying, all right? Um, so uh, th this is something that's very important for us. And I, I hope that you see we live in a world that's full of broken promises. And, and God does not want us to be participators in broken promises. Our world is full of dependent 
and it is dependent on relationships. And so if we're going to have relationships, we've got to learn to be men of our word. So uh, you ever been angry with God because you thought he broke a promise to you? Last night, I, w- I was just, I went in and wrote this in because I was, I was thinking about something. I, I thought, you know, uh, what was a promise that God gave me that I don't feel, feel that, or I don't think he's fulfilled yet? Y'all are listening and want to know what that, that is. There's a couple of things that I've seen. There's, there's a promise that I didn't keep my end of it. I remember. Um, sometimes I'm paying the piper for that today. <laughs> but just, just has God made you a promise? Has he, has he told you something that he's not been able to keep his word or that word has not come to pass in your life yet? <clears throat> sometimes you may feel like you've done everything right, but God didn't live up to his end of the bargain. You know, years ago, <coughs> there was, I was pastoring there in Happy, and uh, there was a couple that had just started coming to the church. Their kids were grown, and uh, the oldest one was playing basketball over in Clarendon at Clarendon Junior College and called his dad one night and said, I don't feel right. The next morning, he didn't wake up. And, of course, I had that happen a couple weeks ago to a family in Lubbock. Uh, same deal, uh, very similar. And, but the first time that happened, I was, I mean, I hadn't been a pastor maybe a year. And so I went over to their house and, and the wife, she went in and she locked herself in her bedroom and she, I knocked on it. She wouldn't let me go in, nothing. So I talked to the husband for a while, took about a week to two weeks before she finally opened up. And this is what she told me. She said, you know, I did everything right. I prayed over my kids every single day. We fast, we tithe, we, we do everything right. God did not uphold his end of the bargain. And she said that out of pain, of course. I mean, we can all kind of somewhat wrap our minds around that. But she was hurting. And she felt like God didn't keep up, keep the end of his promise. She did her end. He didn't do his part. We tend to blame God because our view of God is broken, men. And so if we're not careful, we blame everyone else in the world. I, I've said this. It wouldn't have mattered well, it, it, it would matter, but just stay with me with this statement, all right? Whoever became president, it doesn't matter. Because we're going to blame them within two or three months. I mean, we just, we blame everyone. We blame our bosses. We blame our crew. We, we, we blame uh, the preacher. We, we blame the preacher's wife. It's okay. Blame her. I do that part. Um, the truth is, this is, this is kind of our view is to blame but it comes from genesis and in genesis if you remember when when sin entered the world what happened god came walking through the garden is what the scripture says and he says adam where are you and he said i was naked so i hid myself who told you that you were naked remember that the woman now men if you're married you've used that one plenty of times right the woman and then it goes down, down a little further, and he says, all right, woman, what is this that you have done? And she said, the serpent. It's real easy to blame, and when we blame, we don't take responsibility. And when we don't take responsibility, our word doesn't mean anything. We've got to take responsibility for our words. We tend to think our relationship with God is like our relationship with one another, but God always keeps his word. The one that doesn't is us. The world is broken. It's not been reconciled to the point of redemption yet, so we are broken. But God is not. 
If you have your Bibles, go to Genesis chapter 18. I'll show you a couple things here in Genesis chapter 18. And we're going to go just there with verse 1. The Lord appeared to Abraham near the great trees of Mamre while he was sitting at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day. Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them and bowed low to the ground. He said, If I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, do not pass your servant by. Let a little water be brought, and then you, and then you may all wash your feet and rest under this tree. Let me get you something to eat so that you can be refreshed and then go on your way. Now that you have come to your servant, very well, they answered, do do as you say. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah. Quick, he said, get three, um, get three saves of the finest flour and knead it and bake some bread. Then he ran to the herd and selected a choice tender calf and gave it to a servant. Now, do you all know who these three are? Give you a little history here. The three angels that are out there and they're about to give some revelation to Abraham. So let's keep going here. So uh, then he ran the herd, selected a choice, tender calf, gave it to the servant who, who hurried to prepare it. He then brought some curds and milk, and the calf had, had then been prepared and set these before them. While they ate, he stood near them under a tree. Where's your wife Sarah, they asked him. There in the tent, he said. Then one of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. So uh, here's the promise. The promise to Abraham is that he's going to be what? The father of what? Of many nations. All right, so Abraham now is old. He's about 90. Sarah's about 80. Sarah overhears the conversation. Watch this. Now, Sarah was listening at the entrance of the tent, which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already very old, and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, After I am worn out and my Lord is old, will I now have this pleasure? Then the Lord said to Abraham, Abraham, watch this. Why did Sarah laugh and say, will I really have a child now that I'm old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I'll return to you at the appointed time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she lied and said, I did not laugh. But then he said, yes, you did laugh, right? And so, and so we get into this situation where um, oftentimes the impossible for us keeps us from hearing the promises of God. Now, I'll say that again. The impossible for us keeps us from hearing the promises of God. Because it's impossible doesn't mean that God hasn't given you a promise. And if God gave you that promise, he will fulfill that promise in its day. In its day. So this is great because he didn't say, bam, you're going to have a baby today. He said, I'll return this time next year. There's this gap. There's this time where God's promise is still going to happen. How many of you ever had a dream that your life would be further than it is today? Okay, and nobody wants to admit it, right? Right. I mean, if you, if you take it back <clears throat> to the point of maybe when you planted a business or to the point when you planted a church or to the point of, of uh, when you joined the military or whatever it may have been, you had some type of goal. You had some type of ambition. You had some type of dream in your life. Maybe we could just reel it back a little bit and even talk about when you got married. There was some type of ambition, some type of dream together that y'all were going to accomplish together. Yeah, I want to encourage you because Sarah 
had this innate nature to have children someday. And that was a dream that's given to women by God. It's, it's a dream. Now, it's not necessarily a promise. It's a dream. It's full of ambition. But as we seek the Lord on this, oftentimes he will speak into that situation. But the timing may not be ours. But if he speaks into it, watch this, as long as we grab it and hear it and see it, then he is faithful to complete it in our lives. It's yours. It's his promise. So Abraham was 100. Sarah was 90. They laughed maybe at the circumstance, maybe because God chose them. Um, are they going to have the child at the maternity ward? I've said this before, or the geriatric ward. I mean, that's kind of unusual to be in a geriatric ward and be having babies in there, but I guess they, they possibly made that happen. Hebrews 11 says, It was by faith that Sarah, together with Abraham, was able to have a child, even though they were too old and Sarah was barren. See, they didn't laugh at God. They really laughed because of the circumstance. And sometimes going through the circumstances that we have, oftentimes we forget the promise. God has promised something for each and every one of us. This is why I know that. And this is how I know that, because he created each one of his children for his purpose. And we, as children of God, we have his promises. The scripture says all of his promises are yes and amen in the Lord. And so as, he, as we begin to seek him, we'll begin to hear his promises, and he is faithful men to deliver through his word and by his word his promises so god's promises are true god's promises are always yes and amen that's what that's what that's who he is and if we are to be representatives of our heavenly father then what should our promises look like this should be the same so when we promise something to our children we probably ought to do it. When we promise some, something to someone else, we, we probably ought to do it. When we shake our hands on this, we, we probably ought to be good for what we say we'll be good for. See, um, sometimes I think the circumstances, we begin to put God into judgment, and we begin to say, God, are you still speaking? Did you really promise this? I remember when I, when I went to pray over Happy to become the pastor at Happy, and it was kind of silly because they were going to close the church that year. And they were going to send them either to Tulia Methodist Church or to uh, Canyon Methodist Church, but Happy Methodist Church, which, by the way, today uh, is about to build a new, a whole new facility there in Happy, Texas, of all things. At least that's what they're, they've been trying to push through here for the last couple of years. But I share that because they were going to close the doors the year I took it. And so I went down there, and, and I started praying in front of that church. And it's an old building. You know, it's the, the old type of churches where you either go up the stairs to get in or you go downstairs to get in. You can't just walk into the church. I don't know why they built them that way, but that's the way that one is. Uh, as my, about three years into it, we had to come in and put cement around the side of the church because architects discovered that it was a historical marker and the sides were bowing out. And, and it was creating a problem. I mean, they thought it was a risk to even hold services in there. So we came in and we poured cement. If you go up there, you'll see cement going out 10 to 12 feet. And it goes down about 3 feet just trying to hold that building together. But I share that with you because there was no one there. And I knelt down and I, I prayed. I went out in the yard and prayed over that church and said, Lord, give me a vision. 
And what I saw were cars parked everywhere. I mean, around the church, in the yard, around behind the church. And that church at that time only needed like 10 parking spaces at best. It didn't even need that many because a lot of people just walked to church. But I remember seeing that, and I remember before I left that uh, walking out probably my last couple of Sundays there and looking across and seeing all the cars parked in the yard and back behind, it was a promise. And there were plenty of times I could have lost faith in that promise. There were plenty of times I could have said, I don't know if that's ever going to happen. Um, you know, especially my first couple, three weeks there. Um, maybe a couple, three months. Tough times do not mean that promises of God will not happen. God is always true to his word, and he's got a word for every one of his children. There's not a day that I don't sit down at the table with my kids that I don't have a word for them. But listen, my word's only as good as I'm willing to follow through. And so is yours. That's just the way it is. Think about Peter for a minute. He said he'd never forsake Jesus, and then what happened? Cock crowed three times. Trouble. Paul in Romans chapter 7, he had a conflict. But God had told Paul, hey, you know, this is where you need to go. This is what your life's going to look like. You're going to go and, and have these three journeys, these big journeys, and, and then the last journey is not going to end so well, but you need to get to Rome, right? But it was a promise. His life was still fulfilled. We can trust God. We can trust God's promises. Even Abraham, if you look back, God promises him land, property, and real estate. Has God ever made you that promise? You may not want land. And I found out one time that to have lands to have other headaches. But you may not want land, but God still makes those promises. He, he promised him property, real estate, land. He promises that Abraham and his descendants will be a great nation. God promises that Abraham will be a blessing to all the earth. Genesis chapter 12. So from Abraham, it goes to Isaac, to Jacob, Joseph, Egypt, Moses, Joshua. Ultimately, Abraham gets to Jesus. And we're all blessed through that. So Abraham believed God for his promise. Acts chapter 7, verse 5. But God promised him that he and his descendants after him would possess the land. God is a promise maker. He is a promise keeper. And men, we too are called to be representatives of God. So when we make a promise, we need to be a promise keeper. A promise keeper. Because trust is the currency not only to activate faith, trust is the currency we have in relationship one to another. You know, I've never said that before. That's brand new. Okay, here it is. Trust is the currency to activating our faith. And trust is the currency that we have one to another. You ever had anybody break trust? I bet you I could sit down with every one of y'all and y'all could give me an example of someone who broke trust with you. It happens because the humanity that we're in. It happens because just as Peter denied Christ three times, man, we all know we're all capable of this. We've all done it. I've done it. And it's frustrating when it happens but the truth is to build trust is to keep our word to keep our covenants our friendships our relationships 
See, the way we do that is by not breaking trust. And one of the ways we do that is by keeping our word. God never breaks trust. He's a trustworthy God. So why do his children? Why do we? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the prophet's prophecy of one who would come. And then Jesus comes. And Jesus keeps his word. But before Jesus comes, there's some more of God's prophetic movement there's some more of his promises luke chapter 1 verse 26 in the sixth month of elizabeth's pregnancy god sent the angel gabriel to nazareth a town in galilee to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named joseph a descendant of david the virgin's name was mary the angel went to her and said greetings you who are highly favored the lord is with you mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be but the angel said to her do not be afraid mary you have found favor with god you will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him jesus he will be great and will be called the son of the most high the lord god will give him the throne of his father david and he will reign over jacob's descendants forever his kingdom will never end how will this be mary asked the angel since i am a virgin so there's the impossible become impossible i said this earlier God's promises oftentimes are activated even in the unnatural or the impossible. So when he gives us a promise, it may not look like this can happen. It may look like, hey, God, what you've just spoken to me and what I've just seen is impossible. I had a, uh, this, I'll share this with you because I want you praying over this, but, um, I don't know, it's probably been a couple of years ago, I was driving by Ashley Furniture. And I looked out there and I went, man, I'd like to have that building, but I'm not supposed to covet thy neighbor's property. So I said, Lord, I'm not even going to pray about it, I'm just going to drive by it. A year ago, drive by it. Six months ago, I finally said, I just, I just got to go in and just pray over this building. So I went in, I started walking around, and this guy came up and said, can I help you? And then he goes, oh, Curtis House, I go to your church, and gives me a big hug and everything, and I hate to admit it, it took me a minute to realize he really does go to our church. But uh, anyway, walked through there, and I said, hey, look, I'm not here to buy anything. You can't sell me anything. Uh, I don't even know Ashley. So, uh, you know, I'm sure not going to buy from her. So uh, anyway, I walked around. The building, I said, I just want to walk around here and pray. He said, okay, well, if you're going to pray over the building, I want to show you the back, too. I said, yeah, I want to see it. So went out there and prayed all over the back, prayed all this way, and, and came through there. And uh, God hasn't given me that promise yet. But if he did, it would be in the impossible based upon our bank account. <laughs> right? But if we did get the title deed, man, because even though brett's stability here in this particular building is is stable as long as we stay here because there's always something to do brett job security where you at but if we move to a new building you may not have job security you know what i'm saying but and so he may be praying against it i don't know but i i am looking for a building to expand and multiply the kingdom of god and wherever that is and God's not spoken to me and said it's specifically this building or that building. You're probably hoping that I would say, yeah. And this morning, uh, Ashley Furniture called me. They didn't. All right, I did drop my name and said, hey, call me if anything's going on with this place. Mary, see, it's in the impossible oftentimes that God speaks to prove who he is and to show that he's a promise keeper. The angel 
answer. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. Notice verse 37, for no word from God will ever fail. He keeps his promises. Isn't it interesting, too, if we were to study the Elizabeth, if you know Elizabeth's story? What does she do? It kind of looked like Sarah's. She kind of gets tickled. She kind of thinks that's impossible. But God does the impossible. So what God is looking for from us is sometimes we will promise the absolute impossible. Have you ever done that? I have. I've been at someone's bedside and I said, look, you're going to get better, I promise. Now what I have to do with that? God's got to do it. Now, there are times I feel like I have that title deed, and there's other times I'm just trying to encourage that person. You've got to get up, right? We've got to do that. But we've all made promises. But more than making promises is we have to be promise keepers. What the Lord reveals to us through him is that he never breaks promises, that God is true, that he is pure, that he is right, that he is perfect. He's not looking necessarily for us to, to be perfect, we'll all fail, but he is looking for us to be representatives of him, of our Heavenly Father. And to do that, we've got to be not just promise keepers, not just prom I mean, not just promise makers, but promise keepers. We've got to be men of our word. What's going to separate us from the world? I mean, people say, so as the leaders go, so, so does everyone else. If we look at our political system, if that's true for our political system. Now, I'm not after Donald Trump or anyone else. Matter of fact, I don't want him to drop one of those big Moab bombs right here. I mean, that's a big bomb he dropped last week. I mean, he's, he is get, trying to get some things done. I, I'm not after him. I'm not after anyone. But we know there have been a lot of promises in the past that have not been kept. And as the, as the leaders go, so goes the country, so to speak. <clears throat> That's dangerous. Because what's going to show the world something different? It's going to be you and it's going to be me. It's going to be us saying, hey, you know what? I'm going to be there for you tomorrow. And that's showing up and being there for them tomorrow. It's saying, I'm going to pray for you, and when we say, I'm going to pray for you, we make that promise, and we keep that promise. We pray for them. When we say, I'm going to call you, hey, we're going to call you, we're going to keep that promise, and we're going to talk to you and speak to you and encourage you. Jesus reminds us, Matthew 5, let your yes be yes and your no be no. So let me just ask you, do you feel like you're a promise keeper today? Are you a keeper of your word? How do other, people's, how, how do other people see you? As a man of your word? You know, <clears throat> with my children, I'm pretty hard on them in this. If it, Wade, if he tells me to pick him up at school at 4 o'clock, I expect him to stand by the tree where I pick him up at 4 o'clock. Not 4.05, not 10 after, but he's going to be there for If he's going to be late, send me a text. I didn't want to get him a phone. I feel like my elbow was broken by my wife to get him a phone. So now he has no excuses, right? <clears throat> and so 
um, to be people and men of integrity, we've got to be men of our word. That's what we're called to be. Can people trust what I say? Am I a great representative of my heavenly Father who never broke a promise? The other side to this, men, and we don't have time to, to really go into it, but the other place we got to go to is the place where when people have broken their promises to us, how do we feel towards them? Is there grace? Is there mercy? And most importantly, is there opportunity? Opportunity to show them something different. Maybe you're a promise keeper. Maybe you're a promise breaker. Maybe you're somewhere in the middle. But it's our job as men of God to be promise keepers and show the world a different way. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for these promise keepers. Father, uh, just thinking over this over the past couple of weeks, and Lord, know that um, even for me as a pastor, sometimes it's hard to keep my word because I went from one to six in the hospital in a day. Uh, went from one to three funerals. Uh, Lord, life changes. So if we can't make a solid promise, help us not to make it. But help us to be men of our word so that when we do, we will do all that we can to uphold the promises that we make. In Jesus' name, amen.